episode 42, How to Overcome Rejection. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Henry Rollins says we all learn lessons in life. Some stick, some don't. I've always learned more from rejection and failure than from acceptance and success. Hello and welcome back to Life Amplified, my friends. Such a pleasure to spend a few minutes here with you this week. And good for Henry Rollins. I'm glad rejection is a catalyst to move him forward. But what about the rest of us? Because when you're in it, it feels awful, doesn't it? It's the one experience that you and I are going to share. We're all going to face rejection. It comes in a variety of ways. It could be that you get fired from a job or maybe you're passed over for a promotion. Certainly, you can be rejected romantically. You've heard my stories about my divorce, which was a total cluster F in 2012. But even since that time, in the six years since, being back out on the dating scene and really just putting myself back on the online dating app scene in the past few months, there are times when you're going to face rejection. There was a time I went out on this awesome first date with a girl. We had a lot of laughs. Nice kiss, good night. We set up the second date the following week and literally an hour before the date, I got the text saying, oh, Something came up at work. Can't make it out tonight. It was the something came up at work at 5.30 on a Friday, which felt really off to me. And then you start spinning out. You make all these, you know, stories up in your mind. Oh, God, did I say something wrong? Or, you know, did I pick the wrong restaurant? There's all these just dumb ways that you spin out down the rabbit hole. And it's funny because once I got a couple days away from the sting of the rejection, I'm like, what am I doing? She was a nice enough girl, but I don't think we really valued the same things. It's very important to me in a relationship that my partner be a growth-oriented person as well. And this person was not really that. So why was I pouting for like two days about a canceled second date with somebody who wasn't a fit for me anyway? And that really inspired me to do a little more research on this topic. What is it about rejection that can knock us off course? What is it about rejection that can really hurt our self-esteem, our self-confidence, and keep us from really living our life to the fullest? So that's what I want to get into this week on the episode. I'm going to give you some surprising studies about rejection and what it does in the brain. I want to give you some examples of famous celebrities who also encountered rejection on their path to enormous success to give you a blueprint for how people have overcome it and move forward. Then I'm going to give you some practical tips and strategies that I've learned on my journey along the way that will help you process rejection faster, move forward, and step out into your purpose. Rejection is going to happen, but we don't want it to keep you playing small for months, years, or perhaps a lifetime. So stick around, sit back, relax. This is Rejection Week on Life Amplified. I saw Meryl Streep share a story on the Graham Norton show one time talking about auditioning for a role in King Kong when she was 26 years old. And obviously, you know, if you're an actor or performer, you realize that that's a lifestyle that is truly all about getting rejected. It's almost like you get paid to go audition and be rejected on the regular before you find a movie role or a chance on stage. But Meryl Streep did not just get rejected and get passed over for the callback. There was a very famous producer who 
worked on that movie that when he saw Meryl Streep, he said, how ugly in Italian. And Meryl Streep once said that it was a really sobering experience for her when she was early in her acting career. Now, obviously, it didn't derail her, and she's been nominated for more Academy Awards than any other actor in history. But that's just one example. I tell people all the time, like, if Oprah doesn't get away with being rejected, neither do you. <laughs> Oprah is like the fairy godmother of personal development. She spent her life uplifting people. She is one of the richest people in the world. But yes, even Oprah has been rejected. She was in her early 20s when she was working as the co-anchor of a 6 p.m. newscast in Baltimore, Maryland. And one day the general manager called her into his office and told her she was being taken out of that evening news spot and actually getting demoted. Pretty crushing when you're starting out early on in a new career. But Oprah says, quote, it grew me into a real woman. She says, I came in naive, unskilled, not really knowing anything about the business or about life, and Baltimore grew me up. And if you think about that, Oprah really took being fired and demoted from that job as a chance to figure out how can I expand my skills? How can I get better at my craft? And certainly she's done it better than anybody else in the media over the past, you know, three or four decades since. And you're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, well, yeah, Dan, that's Meryl Streep. That's Oprah, but they're a big deal. But you got to look at this within context. This is before these people became household names and became superstars. Jay-Z has gone through the same thing in his life. You know, he sold 36 million records over the course of his career. He's the creator of Rock Nation. He's got his Rock Nation sports company right now. But there was a time early in his career where he went to every single record label when he was just one of, you know, 15,000 aspiring rappers on the streets of Brooklyn, and every single record label turned him down. They said, this guy's terrible. He's nothing. So Jay-Z took matters into his own hands, launched his own label, and released his debut album on his own, and the rest is history. So the name of the game is creating that emotional resiliency, but also doing some homework here to understand what is going on in the brain that makes rejection seem so overwhelming, and how do we move past it? And that's the first thing I want to share with you today is they've done these MRI studies on the brain. They've done all sorts of advanced research. And what science shows us is that rejection is processed in the brain the same way physical pain is. The same neural pathways are lit up when you're experiencing emotional rejection as when you literally break your arm. So this is why rejection hurts so much, neurologically speaking. The brain will respond so similarly to rejection rejection and physical pain that what they've realized is, is you can use Tylenol to reduce the effects of emotional pain. They tested this hypothesis and what they realized is giving people acetaminophen before asking them to recall a painful rejection experience in their life, the people who took the Tylenol reported significantly less emotional pain than the subjects who took a sugar pill. So the conclusion that the psychologist and the researchers came to is that rejection and that pain that we feel associated with it served a vital function in our evolutionary past. That if you go way back to the days of hunter-gatherers, if you were ostracized, if you were kicked out of the tribe, it was pretty much a death sentence because you were unlikely to survive if you weren't with your community, if you didn't have fire, if you didn't have access to water or shelter, if you were just braving it on your own, the chances of making it were never going to happen. 
So these evolutionary psychologists assume that the brain developed an early warning system to alert us when we're at risk to be ostracized because on some level, your nervous system equates rejection with death, which if you think about it, like if I asked you to close your eyes and we did a meditative process and you went back and told me about the time that you suffered some sort of physical injury, maybe you sprained an ankle or broken arm. If you went back and just thought about that, you probably wouldn't feel the physical sensation and have the visceral reaction in your body as if I had you close your eyes and tell me about a humiliating experience where you were turned down, where you were rejected, where somebody told you, you know what, I don't love you or you're not enough. Now, we don't have to go relive your trauma today, but think about it. Isn't it interesting that thinking back on a memory of physical pain just elicits an indifferent response on your behalf as to where that emotional or social rejection really, really can make you feel sick to your stomach. You'll actually be back in that moment experiencing the tightness in the chest or maybe the sweaty palms, the heaviness around your heart. So the brain is actually prioritizing those painful emotional experiences because it's all connected back to survival from rejection from the tribe. We are tribal creatures. We thrive when we're together and we're built for a connection. And one other interesting study that I read about in psychology today that I wanted to share with you is how rejection doesn't respond to reason. They did a study where they put participants through an experiment where they were rejected by strangers. Now, the experiment was rigged because the strangers were just associates of the researchers. But even though the people in the study were told that the strangers who had quote-unquote rejected them actually didn't reject them, that they were just plants for the study, it didn't do anything to ease the emotional pain that the participants felt. When we experience that rejection, it's like we go on this journey to seek and destroy our own self-esteem. You know, Marianne Williamson, writes about this in the book Return to Love. You know, so many of us talk about the things that our parents said to us. Mom said something nasty to you or that dad told you that you're not man enough. And that hurts, right? It's very hurtful what they said. But if you think about it, so often the things we tell ourselves pale in comparison to what other people have said to us. People could be mean to us, but we can be downright brutal and get caught up in that negative self-talk. So how do we move beyond rejection? How do we find ways to self-soothe? How do we cope? I want to give you some strategies right now to help you move forward if you're going through rejection so that you can alleviate the pain and step back into your purpose. So how do we bounce back? How do we build more emotional resiliency? How do we take control of the situation and still use rejection as a way to move us forward? Here are some strategies that I've used in the past that I would like to share with you today. Number one, actually allowing yourself to feel the emotions and the sadness associated with it. So often we can look for maladaptive ways to cope with that intense emotional pain. Sometimes we will drink. Some people turn to drugs gambling, shopping, numbing out on social media. But remember, you know, your brain is more wired to avoid pain than to seek happiness. It really is at the end of the day, just like a two million year old survival device. And that's the problem is so many of us want to create these happy, purpose filled lives. And we try to positive think our way to success. But you're downloading all these positive thoughts onto a device. It's like trying to run the iPhone 10 on iOS one for hardware. <laughs> Because the brain is just not designed to make you happy. 
part of it is when those negative emotions come up, rather than going to Instagram or to Facebook or telling yourself, I'm just going to go for a run so I don't have to feel this, or eating, which is a big coping mechanism for me, high fructose corn syrup. I happen to live in really close proximity to one of the best cookie stores ever. There's times I'll just go get three Funfetti cookies and try to drown out my emotions, but it's really about being present with yourself and feeling whatever comes up up. You know, you want to acknowledge the feelings. You want to acknowledge that sense of loss and remind yourself that your feelings aren't unacceptable and they're not wrong. And they're also not always entirely true because underneath that sadness and the anger we feel, there's usually a lot of blame or we'll create our own stories on why somebody rejected us. You know, it could be, oh God, I'm such a piece of garbage or I'm not enough. There's nothing like the Facebook on this day feature to remind me of how self-limiting my thoughts once were because I saw something come up from 2012. So this was all around the time that my divorce was happening and I had a status update that I had posted and it literally said they can't be called love handles when nobody loves you I looked at that I was like oh my god Dan what are you doing to yourself like that's worse than anything my ex could have actually said to me just was not being kind but you know what even trying to make a what I thought was a humorous Facebook status update for me was a way to cope and not feel the real sadness and sense of loss underneath so what we've learned in neuroscience is that if you can just sit with anger, sadness, disappointment, frustration for two minutes and feel it fully without trying to push it down, without trying to numb out, without trying to distract yourself, that those emotions will begin to release. That chemical reaction in your body sort of passes through and then you can get to a state of calm. And this is only two minutes. But the problem is, is most of us, when we feel that anxiousness coming on within 30 seconds, we're going to the cell phone. We're looking for some way to not feel. So being aware of the emotions you're feeling and using them as a teacher to really heal the pain that's underneath that is an amazing first step. And once you do that, the second step is that we've got to practice acceptance. We say this a lot in personal growth that what you resist persists. It's so often when you're going through a disappointment to just sit and obsess, and I mean literally obsess over the fact that we wish it weren't happening. Oh my God, I just wish this weren't so. I wish the other person would just come to their senses and realize how great I am. You know, we can really create this paradigm where our happiness and our relief is based on how other people are reacting to us what other people say about us. And the sad part is, is that's really giving away all your power in the moment to take charge of your life. If your blueprint to be happy is based on how other people show up or how much they're accepting you, it's gonna be hard for you to feel any sustainable, long-lasting, meaningful amount of happiness in your life. And ultimately, what you're gonna end up doing by obsessing over the acceptance of others is you're really rejecting yourself because there's not much self-acceptance in that. And that's a huge price to pay. And that's always going to leave you feeling empty at the end of the day. An exercise that somebody taught me once that I would love to share with you today when you're really worried about rejection, because, you know, in that moment where whether it's in your job, your career, friendships, romantically, when you get rejected, it's easy for us to leap to conclusions and use words like always. This always happens to me. It never works out. I'm never loved or supported by the people around me. But I would ask you to do a rejection inventory. 
and really spend some time on this. Not just, you know, is like a three minute exercise. Really allow yourself to think who are the people, how many in your life have truly truly rejected you. And I'm not just talking about somebody didn't swipe right on you on Bumble that you liked. I'm talking about the people who rejected you in a way that it really affected the way you show up in the world. That it really created some judgments and beliefs that you have about yourself. Those real things that seem soul-crushing in the moment. How many people truly, truly rejected you? And what I find when I do this with clients is that they rarely get a list bigger than eight to 10 people. And then if you actually divide that by the total number of people that you have met in your entire life, I'm talking about, you know, the woman at the counter at the bank who complimented your eyes or your smile, the person who smiled at you on the street and gave you a compliment, maybe the random email you got from a coworker acknowledging or praising you, the time even that person who might have left the relationship said something really great about you, about the person that you are. If you really start taking inventory and looking at the ratio on the number of real rejections that you faced in your life, versus the total number of people you've met, what you're gonna realize is, is it's less than 1% of the people that you've encountered that's rejected you. And if you have a model of the world that every single person you come in contact with has to love you, is that not a little self-focused? Is there not a little narcissism in that? You know, we've got to realize that some people just aren't meant to be on your path. And some people who are on your path now aren't meant to be there in five years from now. You know, they've done studies. I think the average length of a friendship is somewhere five to seven years. People come and go from your life, but it's not about you. But so often we will dwell and we will obsess and live in that pain. And like I said, the rejection we put upon ourselves is always worse than the rejection somebody else gives us. So do that rejection inventory exercise, and I would love it. Join our private Facebook group online for the Life Amplified Power Tribe. I want you to share uh, what's the percentage of people in your life that have truly, truly rejected you, and if you could divert your attention to focus on the 99% who have treated you with kindness or respect or love and stop focusing on the 1% over here in the corner, you can start to turn this around. You can really shift your energy and step into a feeling of being loved and supported and knowing that you are worthy. Step number four, if you want to overcome rejection, find a way to be kind to yourself. For some people, that's pampering or self-care. Could be meditation. It could be going out to get that pedicure or go get a massage. I also tell a lot of my clients, you know, create a file in your email folder that whenever you get a kind text or an email from somebody complimenting you or somebody who texts you and tells you how amazing you are, what a hard worker, what a good friend, screenshot that. Make a file on your phone. During those times when you feel like you're not enough, it is so important to go back and look at that praise that you've received and to really validate yourself for how you've shown up and the times when you have gotten it right. You know, that real kindness to yourself. And then the other part of this step is to go be kind to somebody else. You know, there's the great quotes. I forget who says it. The quote is, is when you're feeling helpless, help someone. It creates a chemical reaction of dopamine, oxytocin in your body when you go out and commit that random act of kindness. Maybe you're paying for the Starbucks for the person in line behind you. You could certainly do that. You could just give a compliment to a stranger. You could mentally send blessings to people that you see on the street. You know, something that I practice whenever I'm walking through Manhattan. 
Manhattan, especially with the number of homeless people who are struggling. You know, I would love to give everybody cash money, but and I know that I'm not in a position to do that. But what I do like to do is send mental blessings, sending that person love, sending that person some support that they find their way, that they find their next right move to get out of their situation. So this is really about being kind to yourself and then find a way to be kind to someone else. And then ultimately, the final step is you want to take new action and you just want to get your ass in gear, you know, because hard times are going to happen. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face adversity. There's going to be people who do not show up for you the way that you want, but you've got to get up and get moving. The worst is when we just sit around and wallow in the sadness. Maybe for you, it could be to get up and clean the house or it could be clean the dishes. It could be finishing up some work that you've neglected. Maybe it's going out and finding a therapist or a coach to help you really cultivate what are your next steps in life. Because one of the big mindset shifts that I really just want to leave you with today when it comes to rejection is it's usually 99% of the time spiritual protection. Rejection is usually protection. I go back and I think about my marriage and that falling apart. And what a blessing that was. Because if I didn't go through the death of that relationship, there would be no rebirth in my life. I would not be doing the work that I am right now. I would not be focused on service and a commitment to other people. It was really going through my rock bottom that pushed me there. I can think about jobs that I didn't get. You know, when I first walked away from my radio broadcasting career, there were a lot of people that told me, well, Dan, you got to find some other corporate job and build your coaching business slowly. And I took the bait. I went and interviewed for a job at Pandora, the streaming service. And it was a really, really good interview. But I knew in my heart it was not the right job. I knew that if I went and focused on moving to the Bay Area and working there, that I was never going to get this coaching business off the ground. And sure enough, they didn't offer me that job. Thank God. Thank God, it made my life so much easier. But And there was a little part of me that was rejected. It was like, oh God, I'm not even good enough for this. How am I going to be good enough to start my business? But there was also a deeper wisdom within me that just knew I was being directed to go on this mission to start coaching and for entrepreneurship. Whatever it is you're going through right now, if you could replace your certainty that you're being punished by an unjust universe and really allow yourself to get curious about, could this actually be redirection? Could the universe be using what seems like destruction to move me forward in my life, it's the first step toward you taking back an empowered mindset in creating the life you want. To recap all the steps to handle rejection, number one, we want to be aware of the emotions, not numb out, not stuff them down. Number two, we want to get into practicing acceptance, accepting what is. It doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever, but for right now, that situation is the reality and wishing that it weren't so is just going to keep you spinning out in frustration. Number three, do a rejection inventory. Get clear. What is the ratio of people who have really, really rejected? and hurt you versus all the people that you've met in your life. The people who've treated you with a smile, with kindness, who have acknowledged you and really seen your gifts and the unique things about you that you're meant to bring to life. That exercise could be a game changer for you. Step number four, we want you to be kind to yourself and then kind to somebody else. And finally, we want you to take action and get moving. Inspired new 
action is what's going to make the difference in your life. So if you are sitting there today, if you're going through some sort of rejection, know that my heart is with you. I have been there. I feel for you, but I'm also here to help get you motivated and guide you to your next right step. And if there's anything that I could do for you one-on-one to help you with that, I do have two spots open right now for my VIP coaching program in October. You can fill out an application at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. It would be an honor and a privilege to really take some of the concepts you've heard me talk about here on this podcast, but really do a deep dive to help you implement it and help you remove those blocks mentally that have kept you stuck up until now, but they don't have to any longer, my friend. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. If the content serves you today, please leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple. If you want to leave a one-star review, you certainly can, but that would be rejection. So I just ask that you take that energy and focus on something you want to do. Am I allowed to say that at the end of a rejection podcast? You can leave whatever reviews you want, but it's truly an honor to serve you. Please share this content with a friend. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.